This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Bruchem Abam. Welcome, everybody. We missed you last week, but it's good to see everybody this uh, Friday as we prepare for Parshas Vayechi, Shabbos Chazak, Haba Aleinu Letoiva. May Hashem strengthen all of us. Betayra, Beyira, Uvachomida, Nechayna, and give us Bracha Vatzacha. Okay, so. Parshas Vayechi Rashi tells us is a Parshas Susuma. Because when Yaakov Avinu passed away, Nistimu Eneyem Veliban Shal Yisrael, the eyes and the hearts of the Jewish people were sealed shut. And um, I would like to humbly explain. Rashi tells us in Parak Memches Pasak Aleph that Vayoymer Li Yosef, Hine Ovicha Choyla, he said to Yosef, Behold, your father is ill. So Rashi says, Who told Yosef? One of the Magidim. Somebody told him, and it's a, an abridged Pasuk. It's a Mikra Katzer. Then in the next Pasuk, Vayagid Yaakov, Rashi says, The Magid told Yaakov, and it doesn't say, Who? And again, Rashi says, There are many Psukim that are Mekatzer, are Kitzre Lashain. Why all of a sudden now do we have back to back these psukim that are called, that are mekatzer in the Lashon. Perhaps we could explain as follows. Rashi tells us that when Yaakovino passed away, the eyes and the hearts of the Jewish people were sealed shut. Well, by the same token, when Yaakovino began to become ill, then the eyes and the hearts of the Jewish people must have begun to close ever so slightly. In other words, if the death of Yaakovino marked this, the, the closing of the eyes and the hearts of the Jewish people, then the illness of Yaakov began that process. Now if our, our eyes and our hearts are sealed, begin to become sealed shut, then our ability to process and absorb Torah is now mitigated. Therefore, all of a sudden, as soon as Yaakov becomes ill, what do we have? Mikra Katzer, Mikra Katzer, we have shortened Psukim. Why? Because our lave and our eyes are not as open wide. So now our ability to process Torah is smaller. So now is the first time we have, we have back to back, Mikra Katzer, Mikra Katzer. <clears throat> Here's a good one. I think this is a bracha. I thought of this on the plane coming home Monday night. Uh, you know, we give our children a bracha. And many wonder, why like Ephraim and Menashe? Why not Reuven and Shema? Why not Yehuda? Rashi tells us that Yaakovinu tells Yosef, you know, God told me, You're going to have another Shevet and another Tushvatim. So the, the, the guy was referring to Binyamin. Binyamin wasn't born yet. But then Yaakov says, who are the two Shvatim? So Yaakov says, it must be one of the Shvatim will divide. And that Matana I give to you, Yosef. So it's bothered by the following question, really? It's a, it's a bracha, it's a Matana, when a family divides? Is that a Matana? Think about it. Yaakov Inu says, God told me one of the Shvatim will break in half. I give you that bracha. Does anybody want their family to break in half? That's a bracha? Of course not. It sounds like a klala. And the answer is because we don't have our heads on, sh- on straight. 
we think we look at different chasidos. We say, oh, they broke in half, machloikis. The shul split, machloikis. Not machloikis, it's bracha. Why is it bracha? Because it's inevitable. Because when a family or a movement becomes too big, and there's only one president, there's only one gabai, and there's only one balkoire, and the other guy who could have been president, he feels I should be president. The other guy who could have been the gabai feels I should be the gabai. And the other guy. So now it breaks up, and everyone has a chance to contribute what their ability is. It's a bracha when there are more opportunities. So what does the smart father do? The smart father, Bechayev, he says, you know what? You'll be the Rebbe in Mansi, and you'll be the Rebbe in Bnei Brak, and you'll be the Rebbe here. And he gives, instead of being a Machloikis, you know, many times in history, when somebody wanted power, and he had to break away, they started a new religion. You had that many times. In the times of the Ga'inim, there was a certain Ga'in who couldn't have power, so he veered off and he made his own movement. But it wasn't Judaism. So in a way, even though we think it's always machloikis when there's a split, it's not machloikis. It's inevitable. It's human nature. It, it happens. The shul gets too big. Of course it's going to split. The, but the matana is when both groups are under the umbrella of Klal Yisrael, as opposed to if one of them breaks off and leaves the fold. So Yaakov Avinu says like this. He says, I, I know one of the shatim will break in half. It's not a klala. It's a bracha that they'll become so big they're going to need to have their own entity. I give you that bracha, Yosef. It's a bracha. But it has to be that they're both machane, part, or they're all part of the machane Yisrael. They're all b'shem Yisrael yichune. Maybe that's why in the Golas we give the bracha Yisimcha leikim kefrayim v'chimanasha. We don't have the power and the institution to have everybody under the same banner. <clears throat> it's not happening. It's not realistic. The bracha is, but everyone should be Ephraim of Nashab, mi b'nei Yaakov. Everyone should be part of Klal Yisrael. Anyway, I think the wording of Rashi is a real eye-opener. The Lashon of Rashi is, Oisa matana ani noisein lecha. That gift I give to you. It's a gift. The When... When, there, when the entity is too big to be one entity, it's a gift. It's the gift of bracha. Fine. <clears throat> Next, this is a, I think, a very nice way of reading the Pasuk. Yaakov Inu calls his sons. He says, He says, Gather and I'll tell you what will happen to you in the end of days. He kavtsu. Meaning, you want to know when Mashiach is coming? The answer is, He kavtsu. You need to be ma'achid yourselves. You need to gather together. Because Mashiach is held up by the sinas chinam of the brothers to Yosef, of the sinas chinam that destroyed the second place. So if you want to know, you want to know when the end of days will come? He kavtsu. The answer is, gather together. I think... This is alluded to in the Sefer Siach Yitzchak of Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Chavar. Okay, next. Who did Yaakov Avinu suspect killed Yosef? 
I never really realized this. It's open in Rashi. Who did Yaakov think? I thought that Yaakov didn't suspect anybody killed Yosef. He thought Yosef was eaten by a wild animal. Yaakov thought Yehuda killed Yosef. Really? Who says that? Rashi. Rashi says it. Where does Rashi say that? Rashi says when he told Yehuda, Mi teref b'ni Alisa, Mi ma shecheshadticha, Betaroiv tarav Yosef, Chayra achalasu, Silakta esatzmecha ve'amarta ma'betza. I suspected you killed him. No, you removed yourself. When you said ma'betza, what, what purpose is there in killing him? From here we see... A big chiddush. Yaakov thought Yehuda killed Yosef. Why would Yaakov have thought Yehuda killed Yosef? Why? Very pashat. According to the Shalah, we said over so many times that the brothers, Paskin, Yosef was a moirid b'malchus. Yosef was rebelling against the malchus Yehuda. The Malchus based David. So Yehuda's the Melech! So Yosef is being murdered by Yehuda! So who's responsible to make sure that there are no rebels? Yehuda! That's why Yaakov suspected it was Yehuda. Okay, this is a thought that occurred to me, but it's not really on the Parsha, but I put it on the sheet anyway. You know, when Shimon saw that Yosef was coming in Parsha's Vayeshev, he said, The master of dreams is coming. He said it sarcastically. But when you say words in this world, it has an effect. It, it leaves an impression. It is poyal. And that actually happened. Because who became the master of all dreams? Who interpreted the Sarhamashkim, the Sarhoifim? Paroi, Yosef. So Shimon thought he was sarcastic. Yeah, but Shimon's a tzaddik. When a tzaddik says something, it's poyal. He said he's the balachaloimos. The kachava. Yosef became the balachaloimos. Okay, this is Oyem uh, Venaira. It occurred to me, and I didn't know what to do with it until my friend Rav Moshe Morgenstern. Um, had a very beautiful idea, and maybe we could um, illuminate it even further. We pointed out in Parshas Vayeshev, it says Vayimoyin twice. It says Vayimoyin lehisnachim, and it says Vayimoyin. So he brought an idea that because Yaakov Avinu refused to give up on Yosef. He refused to be consoled. He kept on thinking about him, thinking about him, thinking about him. Therefore, Yosef thought about his father, Kamayim Panim El Panim. And that is why the image of Yaakov Avinu appeared to Yosef at that trying moment. Because <clears throat> when a father is always thinking about his child, and in the heart of the father, the, the, the memory and the image and the possibility of productivity and success is in the, in the heart of the father. When the parent never gives hope on the child, the child is empowered to pass every test in life. And that is how Yosef overcame. So, there's a third Vayimoyin in, in Sefer Barashas. 
Yosef says to Yaakov, Loichein avi, kizeha b'char, sim yimincha alav. Menashe is a b'char. Vayimayin! Yaakov refused. Is there a connection between that Vayimayin and the other Vayimayins? And I would humbly suggest there's a very strong connection. You know what that connection is? Because ya- Yaakov Avinu, he tells Yosef, where did you get these kids from? Hayuladimayla. Me. Me Ela. Me Elalach. Rashi says, I tried to give them a bracha, but I see Yeravam, Yehu, Achav. Who are these kids? <laughs> How did you have children that have such rotten descendants? Me Ela. And Yosef turns to his father and he says, Tata, why are you putting your right hand in Ephraim? No, Menashe is a Bukhar. But Yaakov says, Vayimo'en. Nah, I'm not giving up on Ephraim. I'm not going to give up on Ephraim. Yes, I see Achav and I see Yeravam. But now I, I don't give up on him. You know Taka who's going to come, come from him. Yehoshua ben Nun is going to come from him. So Yaakov Avinu not only was Vayimo'en on Yosef, his son, Yaakov Avinu was Vayimoyin on his descendants. That's the attitude a parent has to have about their children, their grandchildren, their descendants. Vayimoyin. Never give up hope on their possibility for greatness. Despite the fact that right now all you see is Achav and Yeravam, still Vayimoyin. You have to be adamantly refuse to think of them that way. Perhaps though we could add um, and my friend Moshe Morgenstern pointed out that, you know, the Shalshelis is really three generations. The Torah emphasizes at the end of Ayechi, Gam Machir Ben Menashe Yuladu Alberke Yosef. Why is the Torah referencing that Yosef was Zoycha to see grandchildren? Isn't that interesting? That that's how Sefer Bereshis ends. Gamachir ben Menasha, Yuladu al Berke Yosef. And the Sefer even <coughs> mentions Vayar Yosef Avan Bene Shileshim. Three. Why does the Torah emphasize? You know why? Gam Bene Machir. The answer is, because Yosef, you thought you were doing an innocuous act of Vayimoyin. Okay, you overcame Asus Paitifera. No! Shalshelas! You're going to see Doire, Doire, Doires. You're going to see B'nai Shileshim from that. That's not an innocuous act of Vayimoyin. Gam Vayar Yosef Le'afrayim B'nai Shileshim. In the Zuchus of the Vayimoyin, Yosef Taka was Zoycha to the Shalshelas that came from him. Okay? So that are some ideas on Parshas Vayechi. And I want to tell you another one, but I'm going to make another clip out of it because it's, I think, uh, worthy of that. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.